For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome into another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Davey Hudson alongside former Titan Denard Walker, and we appreciate you joining us here today as we get set to talk about the Titans' upcoming matchup in Jacksonville against the Jaguars, a big matchup for the Titans, hopefully looking to get that very bitter taste of such a brutal performance against the Cleveland Browns out of our mouths and go in and take care of business against an AFC division rival who has not been faring well as of late. They've been competitive, but it hasn't been equaling wins for the Jacksonville Jaguars as they said at 1-11. We're going to be discussing the upcoming matchup with the Believe in Jaguars crew. We got Phil and James joining us. We're really looking forward to that. But before we get started, I want to ask, do you believe? And Believe in Titans is presented by BetOnline.ag. The NFL season is in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on all the action at BetOnline. I just checked. I, I mean, the, the line's been moving actually fairly a good bit for the spread, but the one I feel pretty confident with this coming week is the over. I'm going to take the over right now. Bet online, it's sitting at 52 and a half, but that is where I'm going. Hey, you don't have to put your money there, but Bet Online has you covered for tons of options because from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online, and there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And so with that said, I'm going to go ahead and bring the entire crew in today. We got Denard, Phil, and James. Guys, it's been a couple of weeks since we have last done this. It's been ups and downs for, for both sides, for better or worse. And to just go ahead and get us right into things, I mean, we're going into week, gosh, 14. Or is it 13? I see, like, that's the point. It's like 2020 just lasts so long, I keep getting it mixed up. Either way. It all runs together, man. It does. And it's that point. <laughs> I don't know. We just had an NFL game, basically, on, like, every day of the week. It's it's crazy how things have been. But I guess to get caught up, how, how have things been with the Jaguars? Obviously, the record is not ideal. But just from a, a team standpoint, since the Titans have last seen the Jaguars, what's that like, just to kind of get us caught up? Well, first off, uh, David Denari, good to see you guys and hear from you. I hope you're you know, healthy and safe and all that stuff. Of course, we're just trying to continue to navigate through this year. As we talked about, David, before we got started, you know, the football side of things, of course, for the Jags has not been very good. But I think Jay can definitely attest to this as far as the team's performance, especially in the last couple of weeks, is they haven't given up, right? They look good against Minnesota. Now, of course, Minnesota has been a little bit all over the place, but uh, they look good against Green Bay, who arguably is one of the top teams in the NFC. Uh, they've been competitive. Now, the Steelers game, of course, you know, they got knocked around. Uh, and then, again, competitive against the Browns team, who we'll talk to you guys about here 
in just a moment as far as how that went. But one thing's for sure, and, and like I said, Jay can kind of add on to this. The team is definitely playing hard, and they're definitely not tanking, at least on, on their end. Well, that's, uh, that's interesting. How, how do you guys feel about that not tanking? Okay. Where, where are you all at on that as far as, like, you're covering the team? I mean, you're obviously not seeing it, but for the fans' perspective, where, where are the fans at? Well, the fans are pretty much kind of the put it how Phil kind of elaborated on there. The fans are fine with losing games at this point. And make no mistake about it, the fans aren't saying, hey, uh, we're cool with the aspect of losing, but they know what's at stake here. You know, we, me, you, and uh, Phil, we kind of talked about this uh, before we got going here. The Jags had their grasp on Trevor Lawrence for five minutes or so. And, you know, like when you look at it from that perspective and that big picture perspective and a future perspective, uh, the, the whole element of getting Trevor Lawrence could be the best thing that happened to the Jacksonville Jaguars since the franchise came to Jacksonville. Um, that, that young man is a, is a game changer. At least we, everything we've seen on paper makes us believe he's a game changer. And even, you know, even they are fine with Justin Fields as well, that the number two overall is probably either way. Uh, they understand that a franchise quarterback is at stake. And that's something that the team has really never had. You know, I think the closest thing you could say to that was Mark Brunel, of course. Uh, but like since Mark Brunel, they haven't had that guy at quarterback and they understand we're going to continue to be where we are until you address that position the way that you're supposed to. And in their defense, they've tried in the past. Uh, they tried with Blake Bortles, didn't work out. Uh, but these guys feel a little bit more concrete than Blake Bortles. So from that perspective, they want to end this season with the, uh, with one win, basically. At the same time, though, like we've seen so many losses. One thing that the fans are rooting for is competitiveness. They want to be entertained in the process and normally you don't get your cake and eat it, but oddly enough, as Phil said, that's been the case. Like we've been getting our cake and be able to eat it at the same time because yeah, they are losing games, but at the same time, they're flashing. They're showing us what the future could be if you insert X quarterback into the equation. Mm -hmm. And from that perspective, it's kind of interesting to watch to say the least. Yeah. I, I'm really. Gosh, like I, I think this is great that you guys are here, and uh, I'll, I'll introduce this a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, with where we're getting at in the season, I mean, obviously we have this game coming up. It's a big game for the Titans. They are in desperate need of a win after what we saw this past Sunday against Cleveland. But I, I myself, like I'm a huge draft analyst. I, I go all in, dive head first. And we have a guy here that I think I have actually not even had a chance to talk to him about this yet. But you guys mentioned that it seemed like there for a second the Jaguars had a chance to get Trevor Lawrence for about five minutes. And then one of the craziest calls I think I've ever seen was a cover zero by defensive coordinator Greg Williams. And what is interesting is Denard's entire time in Tennessee, he had a certain defensive coordinator by the name of Greg Williams. Denard, have you ever seen Greg call cover zero whenever the game is on the line? In a yes. Hail Mary situation. He did that before? Yes. All the time. With the game <laughs> on the line, he sent no yes. one to coverage. And he's got a guy who runs a 4-6 on the outside against a guy who can run a 4-2 and Henry Ruggs just sliding by him. Yes. I thought Greg yes, I thought Greg intentionally did that to get the like to send the tank in. I wow. I thought he wanted the I thought he wanted the rest of the year off. That's what I thought because he <laughs> no. lost his job. 
He's an aggressive play caller. That's his DNA. That's how Baltimore end, ended up getting into the playoffs is the fact in 2000 was he went to an all blitz package with the, uh, at the end of the game, which we were up. And unfortunately with the fourth and like, ah, by like fourth and seven, um, Trent Dilfer just threw the ball up in the end zone and the defensive back and the receiver got tangled up. They end up calling a defensive pass interference on us. And then Baltimore goes in a score. And the rest is rest is history. So they let that's how Baltimore ended up getting in the playoffs that year was we basically let him in. Huh. So this wasn't and a first time thing. No, no, he did that and well, you know what, it's not I mean, I wouldn't have called that, but you know what? He did that in ninety seven. We were up on Arizona. We were beating we were blowing him out and then he calls in the fourth quarter calls an all-star, which is an all-out blitz or chili burger, cheeseburger, anything that was like a one-namer, that's an all-out blitz. And when he called it, when he called the uh, blitz, Marcus Robinson and Blaine Bishop went berserk on the field. No, no. And it was guys were going crazy on the defensive unit because they couldn't believe he called it. So they changed the call. Uh, regardless of what Greg called, we went, we went ahead and just ran a zone. We went to the sideline and it was chaos. And his thing was, when I call it, you run it. But uh, no, that's 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 the way Greg calls games. I, I love Greg Williams as a coach because um, he taught me a lot. He taught me how to play the game. And I know sometimes, unfortunately, you know, those coaches are judged. You know, every call that they make, especially those coordinators. And if they make one bad call, you know, I mean, basically they're out of a job. And so that's what happened. He made a call, uh, and unfortunately, it backfired. So that's the name of the game. Well, I think Jets fans might need to send him a check if they end up with Trevor Lawrence at the end of the day. But we'll get off of that. I just go ahead, Jay. I want to add to that. We, me and Phil, should know better. We should, you know, like for me and Phil, we shouldn't be shocked because Greg Williams was the defensive coordinator for the Jags at one point in time. Yes, and you know, albeit we were pretty young at the time. Uh, still, like, those were the type of things, like Denard said, those were the type of things we saw him do. Even, you know, you could argue that the Jacksonville Jaguars didn't have the personnel for the type of scheme he was trying to run. Look, Greg did his thing, uh, you know, he did things his way, and it was his way, you know, only in, in terms of, you know, not to say he overruled a head coach or anything like that, but, you know, he stays true to himself is what I'm saying. And that's true. When it happened, like people were all over the internet and the web saying, oh, they're tanking, they're tanking, they're tanking, this, that, and the other. That was an intentional. I'm with Denard. I was not shocked at that play call because those who have seen uh, what Greg done and Denard has, you know, seen it in person, he's played for him, understand, like, that's just who he is. That's who he is. And unfortunately, he was who who he was at the wrong moment for Jaguars fans because it cost us a very good quarter. That's it. Yeah, that's his DNA. It's called aggressive play calling. And, and you know what? It worked for the Saints. And James, I agree. It's, it's all about the personnel. If you got the right guys running that scheme, it can work. But again, I'll tell anybody out there, uh, when you look at the defensive back on that play, what he did was, is how you're supposed to do it. Uh, if you get beat over the top and are all blitz coverage, it's not the defensive back fault. It's just they expose the defense and that's exactly what happened. So. Anybody out there that knows football one-on-one, don't blame that young man for getting beat. He did his job, and he did it well. So that's the Achilles heel of the defense. If you run it out, you get beat. If they run a stutter and go, and the receiver made a play, again, 
that's just it beat the defense. So that's uh, called the old Buddy Ron scheme. He invented the defense, and unfortunately, uh, the way that scheme works is it, it's supposed to be uh, a defense that combats every scheme, every formation in the National Football League, and unfortunately, it don't always work like that. The 46 defense, and they, they took that that all-star, that blitz from that, that scheme. Well, turning our attention back to this coming week, I mean, the Titans, the Jaguars, AFC divisional matchup, a lot on the line for both teams in certain ways, however you want to look at it. But last time these two teams met, it was a 33-30, really good game down the line. But the Jaguars at the time had Gardner Minshew leading the way. And right now they do have a little bit different situation at the quarterback position. And, and guys, whenever you're looking at Mike Glennon, what is it that Titans fans, like? is this something like, how are you guys just feeling going into this matchup in general? And then on top of that, with the quarterback play, what are you all expecting? I'll go ahead and go first. Uh, so, I mean, with Mike Glennon, you know, you, we're not really going to, we're not going to this ex- expecting much. We have our expectations as we already kind of talked about as far as how we feel like the remainder of the season is going. Now, when we talked to you guys back before week two, you know, coming off of a victory against the Colts and then Gardner Minshew playing the way that he did in week two, if, if you would have told me that come week 13 when we meet again, Mike Glennon is going to be our quarterback, I'd be very surprised. Because early on, he definitely looked solid. And Jay and I were even having discussions about, hey, maybe Gardner has played his way into the long-term future of this franchise. Now that doesn't seem to be the case. He's a healthy scratch. They've pretty much seen what they what they need to, they feel. So, you know, with Mike Lennon, you're honestly not going to get too much. He's going to make the right decisions, as you see. They, they have been competitive in the last couple of weeks. Not going to do anything too flashy. One thing that I am thrilled about, as a UT fan, Jay, is that he's he seems to have developed this chemistry with Colin Johnson. So I, I, I just as long as we get to see the young guys, you know, James Robinson, Colin Johnson, LaVisca Chanel, all of them continue to get good reps, which they have gotten throughout the entire season. Keelan Cole even as well in the offense. Um, you know, that's really what to, what to expect. You really just need to continue to look out for the young guys that they want to continue to develop that are going to be part of a really interesting young core that Jay just talked about. Uh, real quick, Phil, just to add on for some of our audience, when you when Phil says UT, he's referring to Texas. A lot of, a lot of guys I around forgot, here I in uh, Tennessee, yeah, they're like, I've never I seen that guy play show. for the balls. No, you're good there. I got clarify in this show, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's always a, a debate whenever I'm in a Texas country. I mean, heck, Denard lives in Texas, so I mean, whenever he hears UT, I'm sure he thinks Texas as well. But uh, I had I had to speak up a little bit there, but James, go ahead, man. Yeah, much like Phil, you know, uh, none of us saw Mike Glennon starting, you know, this far into the season. If you would have asked me week two when we were on your podcast, we would have told you if it's not Gardner Minshew, they'll probably try Jake Luton out there, you know, over Gardner. And we're talking about a six-round rookie from Oregon State that was inactive a lot of the season, but we still probably would have told you, like, hey, the upside there is something that Doug Marone would be willing to take a gamble on now what i will say with with glennon that i've noticed that Minshew didn't really offer is the ability to throw in the middle of the field the the tight end saw more targets in uh their last game especially i think james o'shaughnessy and um and uh tyler eifert saw roughly like 10 targets together combined so that's a element that he brings onto the field that gardner Minshew didn't uh, at the same time, like a lot of people in terms of if you're looking at it from a fan perspective, like they're fine with it, of course, because 
as I said, you know, they're cool with like losing, uh, you know, losing as many games as possible. But the issue is like they're finding a hard time just to find that Gardner Minshew is the worst quarterback than Mike Glennon. And people think it's more to it than that. Uh, some people think like they're, you know, Doug Marone is punishing Gardner Minshew for hiding the injury that he sustained week five and trying to play with it for a couple of weeks. So, like, I think that's an interesting dynamic to look at in terms of the quarterback situation. Uh, but in terms of what we're expecting, like Phil would say, I probably wouldn't expect all that great of a showing from Mike Glennon. Uh, but at the same time, you know, if your defense does have a weakness in the interior in terms of coverage, uh, that might be an area where he could exploit the team. Yeah. Titans fans are really interested just in quarterback play after this past weekend in which Baker Mayfield really did have probably his best performance as a pro. Titans did not show up for that game, and it was one of the worst games uh, in definitely Nissan Stadium history. Don't let that score for you, 41-35. to 35. Uh, that, That's a farce. That was not even close. The Browns, as Nard mentioned last time we got together, was after the first half they were just ready to get on the bus and just trying to get out of there. Denard, whenever you – I know you've been big on Chenault, but whenever you're looking at – this Jacksonville offense going up against the Titans defense. I mean, are, are you thinking Jacksonville is going to be able to move the ball? Like, what are you expecting from the Titans? Do they kind of get back and have a bounce back type performance? Where are you at in those regards? Well, I hope so, because if they don't, I mean, you can see another letdown this week. Because think about it. If you're Jacksonville, you have nothing to lose right now at this part of the season. And the way that guys are entering this game and down the stretch the next three, next three or four weeks of the season – is a lot of individuals in that locker room for Jacksonville are fighting for their jobs next year. One of the things management will always tell guys when you have a losing record like this, and that's what happened when I was at Oakland, we knew we were out of the uh, playoff uh, hunt by week eight. I mean, we were terrible, um, abysmal, deplorable, however you want to name it. But basically what management would do is say, listen, we're not here to tank it. We're not here to quit. And for you guys that quit, you got to understand this is that there's no guarantees that the other 31 teams will take you. So everything that you do here on from here on here on is basically you're fighting for a position for next season. Yes, rosters always change. That's the way the National Football League works. So I think you will get the best of Jacksonville because let me tell you something. This is a young team. And when I watched this game against Minnesota, pretty much Jacksonville actually got this football game. It was the fact that they ended up when they really stop Minnesota, they end up having a lot of self-inflicted wounds. And that's, that's the characteristics of a young team. And you know what? I've been on teams like that. You're young. You just don't really know how to win because you haven't developed that continuity yet. When these young guns, when they develop continuity among each other and learn to trust in one another, and they get like James and Phil say, when they get that right quarterback in there to lead this team, this is going to be a dangerous team for years to come. Because let me tell you something. They got a beast, number 30. I love this guy, James Robinson. I mean, he's an undrafted uh, rookie out of Illinois State, 5'9", 219 pounds, and he gashed Tennessee the last time we played this team. I mean, he really was the X factor. But, I get, again, I got to look at my boy from LSU, DJ Sharp. He absolutely gashed his secondary last time. So they got some playmakers. You know, it's just putting it together. And that takes time, you know. And that's, you know, unfortunately – a record really don't indicate how good or bad a team really is. This team will fight you. It's just that they will end up hurting themselves, and that's where everything goes wrong. So if they can play mistake-free football, 
then they have a chance of winning this game if Tennessee don't show up. No, that's He's completely right. right. Yeah, I mean, like, it's so – like, he literally spoke a mouthful there that I all agreed with. Like, it literally said – he literally said everything that I agree with. Don't let the Jaguars one win fool you. That's why me and Phil are so positive about this team when they get a quarterback. Is To me, this is the most dangerous one-win team I've ever seen in my life. And I'm not just saying that as a homer, you know, because I have to have a journalism a journalist take on this as well. Uh, this team, you know, if I was a team that has to deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars in this last quarter of the season, these last four games, each of those teams, especially the ones that have great records, should be concerned that they could get upset on any given day because, you know, while, you know, me and Phil said what we said about Mike Lennon, the thing about it is if you, and I wrote about this in USA Today's paper, the key with this team is not only are they still fighting for Doug Marone and still fighting like Denard said, they haven't given up and they're not into this notion of tanking, but I actually put this in the paper is if you don't smack this team in the mouth early and you let them have a good first quarter, that was their issue in the first half of the season. They started off slow. They've now learned. That's one of the issues they've actually cleared up is they've learned how to start fast. They've learned how to put, you know, albeit sometimes just three points or whatever the case may be, seven points. But in the first drives of these games, they've shown life. And it's, you know, it's triculated into the second and third and fourth quarter. And they're lingering and they're hanging around with Aaron Rodgers. And they're hanging around with the – they even smacked the Steelers in the mouth in the first – drive they had albeit they lost that game by a large margin if you go by that first drive they were pretty lively in that first drive so that being said you know the titans cannot come out lethargic because it's going to be a long day if they come out lethargic in this game and the jaguars will stick around with them especially knowing this team uh as personally as they do yeah whenever i'm i'm looking at the titans right now i i feel much better about the offense than i do the defense i mean this this defense for whatever reason, things just have not been able to click this year, and the in- the inconsistencies have just been credible. Actually, I will say they are consistently inconsistent. It's probably the best way to put it. And, well, the only thing that they are consistent with is letting teams get a third down completion. It's one of the worst third downs, I think, conversion rates I've ever seen in the NFL history whenever it comes to stopping it for Tennessee. I don't know what that issue is. Denard and I have talked about it on multiple occasions, but for whatever reason, they have struggled in that regard, and right now they've just—they've really got an injury bug. Jadavion Clowney this past Wednesday secretly underwent season-ending knee surgery. He is done. Uh, whenever you're looking at cutting Vic Beasley from the last time the Titans had play, played against the Jaguars, and heck, last time the Titans played against the Jaguars, Titans also had Camilla Correa still, which is now I believe he's out for your all's game on Sun or for the game on Sunday. But I mean, another edge rusher that the Titans no longer have, Tier Tart. Starting, he wasn't really starting, but he was getting a good amount of rotation at the defensive tackle position. He's suspended for stepping on a player this past week. And to just add on, I mean, Adoree Jackson, Christian Fulton, two guys that would be starting at the cornerback position. We just haven't been able to see them lately because of injuries. And so the injuries have really piled up on the defensive side of the ball, and the Titans have just been getting gashed. So, I mean, if I had to give a betting prop, I would say if, as long as you see 53 and a half. And anything that is below 53.5, take the over. Because I do expect this to be a higher-scoring game. And the Titans have scored at least 30 in the last three games combined. But usually when the Titans, this past week was the first time where the Titans had reached 30 and did not win the game. So usually if they can put up the points, the defense is able to come in in some form or fashion and help 
them out. But again, it's it's been weird for special teams for the Titans this year and on defense. But look to see a heavy dose of Derrick Henry early on. I mean, that's to no one's surprise. It's just can you stop it? A lot of the times teams can't. And I hope as you look at this game going back and forth, it's another exciting matchup just because, I mean, heck, we want to be entertained. But for Titans fans, they're like, I need to see the team actually come out and show some energy after what we saw this past Sunday in Nissan Stadium. But guys, I guess to kind of transition off that, go into our final thoughts prediction-wise, Denard, I will start with you because I know you hate it, so I'll let you get it out of the way. Whenever this game happens on Sunday, what are you ultimately expecting that final score to be? Uh, first of all, I'm not going to make a prediction because right now, I'm saying right now, I'm disappointed, first of all, in Phil, James, <laughs> and you guys, because y'all have sat here during this whole podcast, you've talked about Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Now, let me tell you, all three of you something, and I'm disappointed. It makes me mad right now. I'm sitting there, I'm boiling because Y'all have left out Matt Jones from Jacksonville, He's Florida, right now. Here's the motion. What's wrong with y'all? You, I, I can't believe y'all have left him out of the equation. He is lightening up the number one team in the nation. Let, let me tell you something right now. Pro football focus is Matt Jones is graded higher than 2019 Heisman Trophy winner Joe Burrow. And y'all have left. You talk about Jacksonville's own Mac. I'll quit. That's all I got to say. Mac Jones. Why haven't y'all talked about Mac Jones? He's a hometown. Do you imagine the exposure he would bring to Jacksonville? You imagine the fan base. He's from Jacksonville. He's the best quarterback in the. I, I quit. Y'all love Mac Jones, the number one Sorry team to in hear that, Alabama. No. Sorry to hear that a once in a generation talent, Trevor Lawrence, is more talk than Mac love. Jones. I just can't believe Possibly it, a one hit wonder. No way. He's just starting. You guys have Jay, correct me. just like y'all did. Y'all did that. What's the kid from Southern California right now playing for the New York Jets, Sam Donaldson? Everybody just thought he was the greatest thing since sliced bread. And I was telling him, why in the world when I sat there and watched Ohio State about three years ago down at the Cotton Bowl play USC, and Ohio State had a quarterback by the name of JT Bear. You remember JT, the all-time leading passer in Big Ten history? Nobody was talking about him. They kept talking about Sam Donaldson. Sam Donaldson. I said, man. JT Barrett is a lot better. Everybody's saying, you're crazy. I said, man, give him a chance. They didn't even give him a chance. They let him in the Saints. Then all of a sudden, I don't know, he was the same. But how in the world can y'all not talk about Mac Jones? I'm disappointed. Jay, so correct me if I'm wrong. Said, Mac, Mac Jones. So, sorry, Davey. Uh, I was, I was just going to see if we we're able to get a prediction out of him now. I don't know. I, we might just need to go ahead and move on to you guys. Right. Uh, Jay, correct me if I'm wrong. Mac Jones went to Bowles, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so that's <laughs> Yeah, that's why we don't talk about him because I, I don't think Jay and I would be allowed in the Bulls. Honestly, I don't think they us <laughs> on campus. Don't hate on private school kids now. <laughs> Knock it off, man. <laughs> Jay, you want to go ahead and go first with your prediction? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm trying to. I think uh, what I put in the paper that comes out tomorrow on Wednesday it was uh, 24 to 27 uh, because I, I do fear, like you guys have kind of alluded to, that the Titans have the potential to let the Jazz stay around and that's I mean that's been the thing with every pretty much every team not named the Steelers that they've played since their bye week is like the other teams allow them to offensively stay around and then like Denard said when James Robinson gets going it's just hard to stop that guy he's playing like a rookie of the year candidate in my opinion if he gets the award or not that's another debate for another time but if he gets going 
Uh, you know, it could be a dangerous thing as well as as Bernard said, Chark. And uh, the guy we kind of didn't talk about is Chenault, who, you know, he, he's kind of been dealing with injuries lately, but he's due for one of those games where he, uh, you know, stands out. Albeit he did get a touchdown in the last game, but it was kind of a hokey ricochet type of play. Uh, but he's due for a game where what I'm saying is he's due for a game where he gets a pretty sizable amount of yardage as well. Yeah, I see. I definitely see it being very, very close. But I also wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee takes this opportunity to kind of really make a statement, because like you said, David, they, they kind of need it after that performance against uh, against Cleveland. Now, a lot of people would say, well, you know, it's against Jacksonville. But just like we've talked about here today, this is not your average one win team. And of course, they, they, they did play each other tough early on in the year. I still see the Titans winning somewhere along the lines, 30 to 24. But I do think it's going to be very, very close uh, because, like I said, Jacksonville just, even though they don't have anything, you know, playoff wise to play for, they're still playing for each other and that coaching staff. They all know that the writing's on the wall. They know what's going to happen the Monday right after the final game of the season. However, they're still in it and they still have a lot to prove. So I, I definitely think it's going to be close. But if Tennessee is determined enough and again, like Jay said, can prevent them from starting early, I also wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee comes out and just tries to punch him in the mouth. Yeah, I just, I really have no feel for how this game is going to go. I mean, it's just, it's literally a coin flip for which Titans team shows up. But no matter, I mean, who they get, I, I do expect the Jacks to give them a, a good fight. And it's just whether or not the Titans are able to pull away there at the end. Uh, if, if the Titans somehow do drop this game to the Jaguars, I know fans in Nashville and all of Tennessee are going to be fuming because, I mean, just the playoff implications that are on the line is the team's first chance to take over the AFC South since 2008. And Titans last, every other team in the AFC South has won the division more recently than the Titans have. And so Titans would love to finally get over that hump and see what happens because you don't want to waste this type of offense. It's not often you have a guy, and even though people always revert back to his time at Miami, but Ryan Tannehill has been playing really, really well ever since he has taken over as a starter in Tennessee. And with Derrick Henry back there, who's on pace and really before this past weekend in the MVP conversation, which when the Titans get that far behind, he really comes out of the game plan. So if, if you the Titans get to where they can't use him, it's, it's going to show. But, I mean, I'm sure they're looking to have Derrick come back, really be a force to reckon with. And with that said, I, I do think the Titans pull away late, not as close as last time, but I expect it to be about a 33 to 25 game. That's what I'll uh, I'll go with on my my prediction. Denard, if you want to fire in there one last time, I'll let you. If you've already quit and you've walked away, no, and I can't I'm, tell, I'm fire. I'm fire right now. <laughs> Seventy four hundred San Jose Boulevard, um, Jacksonville, Florida. It's right, looked up Balls the address. Coed Day and Boarding School. Good lord. Pre K grade twelve. You guys have been hating this. Coed Day and Boarding College Preparatory School in Jacksonville, Florida. Listen, if you want Duval County, you guys right now need to get on board with Denard Walker. I'm telling you right now, go out and get Mac Jones. You guys are going out here looking at Trevor Lawrence because he's 6'6 and Justin Fields. You forget who's the number one team in the nation right now and who's leading that team, Mac Jones. Nick Saban. (laughs) Mac Jones. Hey, Nick Saban was out. It's Mac Jones, man. Steve Sarkeesian. I'm going to be honest. We talked a lot more about Mac Jones than I expected us to on this uh I had no idea he was going to even get brought up. I had no idea Denard was going to go go this way with it. Man, man. I remember I went to one game uh, when my when I was still in high school here, and, and uh, when when Mandarin High School, shout out to the Mustangs, played Bulls 
and I just remember thinking, man, I'm surprised they didn't check my credit before I walked into this state. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice school. I don't have anything personally against Bulls, but uh, I don't I don't know personally anybody that went to Bulls. If that's in my life. I don't know about you, Jay. <laughs> Me well, guys, yeah, yeah. I was say we don't have any friends that went to bowls. <laughs> well, guys, as we wrap up, I really appreciate you all joining us and us being able to get together and do this. These crossover shows have been a blast this season. I've honestly, I'm upset this is the last one that we're we're going to get to have. But before uh, we we part ways, where can the good people find you all at? So you got you want me to <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, yeah of course guys you know uh, just like believe in the titans you can find us anywhere you're listening to your podcasts pretty much apple Podcasts, spotify google play stitcher luminary and tune in of course believe.com and at believe podcast both of these shows have twitter pages you can find us at believe in jags pod and, and then davy of course let our audience know because we're going to be putting the same discussion in our episode let them know where we can find you and denard as well certainly you all can find us on Twitter, at Believe Titans, B-L-E-A-V-T-I-T-A-N-S. You can fi- follow Denard at Denard underscore Walker and myself at Davey underscore Hudson. That's D-A-V-E-Y. I got the E in there. But, no, guys, uh, really appreciate the time. Really enjoy talking with you all. And, as always, it's good to see you. Denard, any more Mac Jones stats you want to give before we part ways? No, man, you guys have got me fired up. You guys have, you know, have a... I'm, I'm sorry, I'm out of words. I'm speechless, man. I haven't. I just don't believe y'all have given him any love, and that's just that hurts me, man. I'll let you vent more after we get off here, okay? I was gonna say, Davey, we're leaving him with you, so we don't have to talk about Mac Jones anymore. But, <laughs> but look, no, look, 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 if you want, we can have a, a, an entire episode just dedicated to Mac Jones. If, you, if that's, yes. if that's is there a uh, is is there a believe in Mac Jones podcast? Maybe you should reach out to to them. If I'm not mistaken, feel. Uh, from here on out, they just show the 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 Jacksonville quarterback some love. If I'm not mistaken, uh, there isn't Carson Beck from uh, Mandarin. If I'm not mistaken, he plays for Georgia I right so, now. So yeah, we'll just dedicate our next podcast to Carson Beck and praising him. And you know, even though he's not starting yet, but we'll we'll get his name out there. <laughs> At least you guys have quarterbacks. Us fall fans, <laughs> not so much. So. Yeah, all right, guys. yeah, y'all get him Before we, uh, again, one more time, guys, before we got it, uh, David and Art, you know, you guys stay safe. Uh, honestly, I can probably speak for Jay. Like, linking up with you, we, we linked up with a lot of shows, but we had so we had so much fun both times. Linking up with you guys was a lot of fun, and we'll have to do it in the off season. I'm sure there's going to be, like, an AFC South, like, roundtable kind of thing that I believe we'll put together, and hopefully we can link up again soon. But, yeah, every time we, both times we linked up with you guys, it was a lot of fun, so we appreciate it. Certainly. Well, we hope you guys have a good rest of your week and enjoy this upcoming game on Sunday. Again, the game, the game will take place Sunday at one o'clock down in Duval. So with that being said, we'll bid you guys a good day and hopefully get to talk to you here again here soon. That was James and Phil with Believe in Jaguars. Again, we really appreciate them coming on the show, getting another crossover edition down. But that is going to wrap it up for us today. For Denard Walker, I am Davey Hudson. You have been listening to Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. And as always, tighten up. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We are available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can follow along 
to keep up with all the latest Titans information on Twitter at Believe Titans. That's B-L-E-A-V-T-I-T-A-N-S. And hey, if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.